I'm James Beatty. And I'm Sean Carroll. And welcome to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. How do you want to start it? Um, what do you say? Welcome. Okay, and welcome back to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 2. Good, we got it right. And today we're going to talk about influencers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we are joined by Kate. Again. 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 <laughs> Again. So obviously Kate works for us doing digital content for Rebuild. Um, but the reasons we've got Kate on to talk about this is, well, she is the expert out of the three of us. Um, so Kate is studying a master's of digital communication, and she recently did a study on how influencers are impacting the communication industry. And her kidneys don't work so great. But that's, that's a story that's for another, another podcast. Okay, so Kate has worked on Cosmopolitan, Grazia, Women's Health, Time Out, and worked with influencers on commercial campaigns, as well as reporting on campaigns in the news. So to start, we're just going to differentiate influence is what we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah, let's got- define them because there's a big grey space because everyone can be considered an influencer in some regard. I suppose if you have people just think like the higher the following, the more influence you have but we're going to talk about them as they're paid so influencers are vocational sustained and highly branded social media stars they are a critical form of internet celebrity given to their ability to attract and maintain sizable followings on their social media platform through highly engaging and personalized content production which can be used as what the hell does that say conduits conduits of information (laughs) to amplify messages so this is uh, by Crystal Abedin, who's a leading anthropologist on influencers. So she's done a lot of studies about influencers and micro-celebrity because there's crossover, right? If you think of The Rock, he's a social media influencer in that he has a huge audience and he does sell like his tequila on there and stuff. Yeah, his own brand. But he's not <clears throat> a social media influencer in that he is a personality and that is a part of his profile. So are you talking about like someone who is purely – Made their fame from social media. Like, yes. if social yeah. media went down, they're fucked. Yes. Like, yeah. would, what uh, I saw, like in Norway, you know, I don't know if this is in there for later, but Norway's just passed a law where it's illegal for people to or influencers to edit their photos without saying they've been edited. Yeah. So that's that would that would fuck them, right? Yeah, but that's just everyone. That's, that's everyone. not even influencers. That's that, that's everyone. But I think that's a great. Yeah, great, great. Um, progressive things. Yeah. They have to do obviously when people are promoting ads, what we're going to talk about today, the promotion of food. Obviously, when they're promotion promoting products, now they have to say if they're being paid by it with a hashtag ad, um, and that would be the same yeah, right. if they photoshopped it. They would have to let everyone know that they have photoshopped it, which will be. I think it could be great. I think it can only lead to more positive. Again, though, the spectrum is so vast, though. So everyone turns up the brightness on a photo. Where's the line on? where you have to disclose that it's been edited because there's, there's like Facetune, but mm. then there's, oh, well, you tilt your hip, hips back and that gives you more of yeah, a silhouette yeah. and then I'm turning up the contrast to make myself look more tan. Well, even the phones let you do that now. Like you just edit, you know, and Instagram and stuff, they're just filters. Yeah. yeah. So all that. But anyway, that's not what we're necessarily going to get into. So we're going to talk about influencers and people that are paid. Yes. Correct? So how are they changing the media and the health industries as a whole? So from a media perspective, there's been a huge shift 
and so there is a bit of animosity in some ways uh, as, as someone who's working in the media uh, because advertising revenue has been redirected from a lot of traditional media like newspapers towards influencer marketing. It's also um, changed the way people consume information, um, but it also has led to just massive amounts of information and misinformation being presented to people. So they're getting this just content overload and information overload. Um, It's also created loyal followings and really changed the way brands work on presenting their information and brand messaging. Yeah, it's definitely going with the times though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like I would look, I don't know if, how many posts happen on social media a day on Instagram, for example, it would be ridiculous. Millions and millions and millions. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like the majority of people now would be on their phone looking at social media may way more than they would be reading a newspaper or watching TV. Looking at their kids. Even news publications are finding different ways to tell the news. So you've got these new media outlets that are telling storytelling on the platform rather than trying to direct you to their website. They're going, how can we tell that news on the platform? Like Instagram, um, through video and through those other media forms rather than that traditional written word. Oh, you click clickbait articles and stuff like that? No, more um, more videos, like one-minute text overlay yep. videos to break down. Clickbait's an element of it, but that's still trying to get the traffic to the website. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, I guess we're going to be focusing primarily on Instagram, but I don't want to ignore the TikTok, Snapchat, yeah, YouTube, yeah. but Instagram's more where I think the health – Inf- information and misinformation is centered at the moment. Yeah, usually one of them, influ- they're on all. If they're on one of them, they're on all of them. Mm. You know, not many people are just Instagram only. Mm. They're Instagram. They're everywhere on every social media platform. And it's usually the same content and everything anyway. Yeah, it's crazy how much it's grown in such a short amount of time. Like, when did Instagram become a thing? Like 2012 or something like that. But I remember when people was like, oh, are you on Instagram yet? I was like, no, it's just like Facebook without any writing. Like, why am I just going to post photos? It's so weird. Mm. And now it's just like taking over yeah. Facebook. But I suppose the big thing is that it's for, if you're talking about influencers, that it is completely unregulated. You can post realistically whatever you want. So there are some regulations in terms of um, advertising. So the Australian um, Marketing, I just want to say, Australian Influencer Marketing Council has implemented rules about uh, disclosing paid media, but they don't regulate misinformation um, or what content people are distributing. They're just regulating what is being reported uh, in terms of sponsorship and marketing. Yeah, I will see, obviously just from, from my end, I will see lots of influencers in the health and fitness space, yeah. you know, and some of them have got mass followers, like hundreds of that millions of followers. And I will look at that and I will read their content being from an evidence-based background and just say that shit, <laughs> like that is really bad. Like you try and find um, some good in it or benefit the doubt. But a lot of the time it's just complete and utter shit. But these, but that's what also gets people looking at things. I follow some site, like some amazing minds on social media and they've got small followings and they'll get very little traction, but someone posts a picture of their top off and then promotes something. They're going to get hits. Everything's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the problem with social media. I could fucking go on for ages. Oh. This. Yeah. Like, I think there's like, just cause someone has a good body, people think they know what they're talking about in a nutrition space sometimes. Mm. And so then they go with that engagement that they get and so it just kind of 
spirals out of control. And that's kind of sounds like what happened with Bell Gibson, which we'll talk about a bit later. But it is that um, like people aren't really being questioned on how what their knowledge is and where they got that knowledge from. But it's so easy to just uh, um, turn off your comments or no one can comment on your post. People don't typically do that, though. They, they do, do, bloody do. They do with our stuff. Yeah, they do. Because some people will just start nailing them, like evidence-based community, and they'll just turn off comments. Yeah, no one can had, say anything. And people- and I've been block. blocked multiple yeah, times blocked. by people. Um, I've been blocked heaps. Yeah. There's no reply, nothing, just gone. Gone. Just for calling them out on it. But again, it's that comes down to that confirmation bias and- yeah, pretending that you know something for too long or believing that you do, but you're not willing to change your mind and you're too deep. What's that called? It's when you're too deep on something, so you just carry it going. Oh, I know I know what you mean. It's just like you... Like if you sold books on fasting and fasting and then no, you don't believe in it, but it's a bit too late. You've just sold well, it's like that, millions of books. That uh, the carnivore diet bloke, he's ha- changed his tune a little bit around. Maladino or Saladino. Yeah, Paul. Saladino. Yeah, Sean Pelton, Paul Maladino, something like that. Whatever. Schmel- but he was like full like meat only. But now he's like, yeah, but you've got to have a little bit of veggies in there. So like a normal diet then. Yeah, that's it. Um, so with influencers, like how, how important are they now to new age media? They're critical. So they have a um, a hype audit study found they have an ROI of four dollars seventy eight in earned media per one dollar spent. Explain that. Break so that down. earned media is coverage. So if um, I'm going to find a decent influencer, <laughs> uh, say Kayla, it seems um, if you spend ten dollars with her, you're going to get forty forty seven dollars eighty of earned media. So that'll be coverage on her channels, and that'll be engagement that might be on other um, accounts and platforms so that's yeah earned earned media is what you get in terms of return on investment from coverage mm. from different platforms so if I have a protein shaker I want to sell I pay Kayla 10 bucks I can expect nearly fifty dollars worth of sales yes. is that what you're trying to say yeah it's not necessarily that Granular in terms yeah. of conversion, yeah, but, but it is that. So you're big, expect, a big, you're a expecting increase. a decent return yeah. from minimal, like whatever you invest, you're yeah. expecting a good return. And some of these companies are paying people, obviously, like your Kardashians, like millions a post. Yes, which is just a, crazy, right? Just do a social media post. We hear about people, you know, a bit more locally again, thousands of dollars a post, ten thousand dollars a post. There's a lot of money in it, and you can see why people will realistically go that way. And a lot of people now are being driven. That's what they want to do for a living. That's the way that they want to go. There's a huge uh, interest in people becoming influencers. I think that that there's this like perception of it being very glamorous as well, um, which I think in a a lot of ways is misrepresented because there is a huge grind. There's some good videos. Um, I'll put a link in the notes. I think there was uh, a video about just the influencer burnout that these people are getting because you have to do this constant content creation and it just infiltrates every aspect of your life. Um, There was a a Twitch, which is the gaming platform streamer, um, PewDiePie. He went Mm. offline for 48 hours and lost tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of subscribers in that 48-hour time frame. And that was quite pivotal in terms of showing influencer and creator burnout because he just had to constantly be creating. Otherwise, yeah, your audience drops. There's so much money to be made. Like PewDiePie was the fuck the South Park episodes about him. Like 
he's like a gamer that records himself. He was like one of the first ever to record himself gaming. Then people would watch him. Like, yeah. and he's got That's hundreds wild. of millions of subscribers. You know, and when it comes to influencers, like I think, you know, some people will think we're just going to go and just trash the whole thing. You know, there is good influencers as well. Oh, you know, there's there is great, and there's readily available information, and there's a reason brands are working with them, and there's a reason these people have these great engaged audiences, and they they have very loyal followings. They tailor their content to the platform. Uh, they just hit niches that brands don't seem to get sometimes they also create informative and entertaining content rather than just trying to sell stuff which brands are doing yeah and you've got some people that will go in and write some captions and have a bit of thought behind it but you've also got a massive group of people that look aesthetically pleasing and will just post pictures of themselves with no tops on or no clothes on with zero caption or just a quote and then you pay thousands of dollars too there's actually an interesting study on source credibility and so there's these three elements of source credibility and that it's um, trustworthiness and attractiveness is one of them. This is Ohanian's source credibility. And being physically attractive, people are more inclined to trust you more. If you're physically attractive, there's less likely that you'll get harder time in prison as well. That's wild. Like the more attractive you are. So I'm never going to jail. <laughs> you're getting life. I'm getting, life. <laughs> getting life across <laughs> in the road, mate. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting life. Um, so why do audiences like influencers? So I suppose they like and dislike. Yeah, they don't. There was this Australia Talk survey recently that found that less than 5% of Aussies trust influencers. But, but just because you trust doesn't mean you dislike. We still follow them. We still engage with them. Whether we trust their opinion on stuff it, to be determined. People like them because they are, are a face. And there, it's that kind of storytelling relatable. There's um, there's four. Crystal Abaddon identified these four um, pillars of influence, and it's like exoticism, everydayness, exceptionalism, and one more that I can't remember off the top of my head, which I should have had written down. You're looking at me like you want help, I can't help you. Here. <laughs> but like every, everydayness is the one that I find most intriguing because that's influencers who just are go about their day. And they give insight into that and it's that accessibility that makes them so appealing. People that I follow that I really like do a lot of like Instagram stories, uh, which will probably just go about their day. But I do like Instagram stories because I think you can only bullshit yourself for too long on there in your day-to-day life. Mm. Like some realism has has to come out of it. But when you see people obviously doing stories that don't ever speak or... Well, just don't ever say anything. Or they'll just record, but it's just in that one place every single time. So it's just work. They're just at their desk. They're just recording for the purpose. You know what I mean? They don't go, They don't show themselves. Um, but 5%, it's hard, it's hard to believe. It's also yeah, hard I think to it quantify. Be, yeah. I think it might be one of those things. Like if you, if you guys like, do you trust everyone on Instagram? You'd be like, no. But... Over time, if people are following someone, then they grow that sort of rapport with them. You feel like you know them a little bit. And then over time, if they put out some ideas, you'll be more likely to resonate with them. So in the time that people are asked that question, like it's just if it's a blanket, I don't know how the study was conducted, but if it's just like, do you trust or do you believe the people on your social media to be like honest and trustworthy? You might be like just straight up, no. Because I'd probably say the same thing. I'd be like, no, because I know there's bullshit out there. But... I'm still going to be engaged with the the people 
I follow and respect. And if they're putting out something of incredible value, I'll be, of course, I'm more likely to buy it. But you're right. If you if they've built the reputation over yeah. long periods of time and then came out with a sale, you know, well, you- it might not even be the necessarily the like a re- reputation. But if you follow someone long enough and like they're always in your feed, then it's just that level of like familiarity with them that you know you're you're going to be more likely to buy from someone you you know and trust. It's not 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 might necessarily be because they're like an expert in their field or anything like that. They just might have a good rig and be selling bikinis and you're like, I might get that. But this is another thing that's quite tough. If you look at things like Geordie Shaw, like there's a couple of them on there that have had so much plastic surgery. And that yeah. might be from an insecurity standpoint. So I don't want Definitely to say is. the reason they've, they've got it, but fake boobs, you know, bum implants, everything. But, but that, and lipo, there's one go, like liposuction, but now they're selling... Fitness your plants. skinny tees, your fitness plants saying, you know, this is how I did it. It's like, well, it's not how you did it. You're completely lying. There has to be some legislation here. There has to be some legality to say you can't do that. You're lying to people, but people just see that visual. But again, it's, it's down people to have people. have been doing that for but years. At the same fucking time, right? It's got to come down to the consumer. They've got to take a little bit of credit mm. to go, mm, that's not true. Yeah, you got to remember who they're selling to, but. Well, that's where I think um, there's a, there's an issue here with, the advertising, are they accountable for it? Is it is this not just pure advertising? And I say no, they're advocates, not advertisers. They're putting their face and reputation. If Under Armour was, got torn down for something, The Rock is still affiliated with it. So if an influencer is selling that thing, they're still affiliated with it. They're putting it on their profile. They're voicing their support for this product. It's not clear cut, like it's not a TV commercial or you know it's an ad in a magazine or on a YouTube ad. That's different to them saying, hey guys, I really like this um, ballerina tee that actually makes you shit yourself. But there's a difference yeah, yeah. between Under Armour being like a physical objective thing that you wear, for example. Like I don't mind when people are on there and they're selling clothes or they might be selling electronics or doing things like that because they may like that brand they might like that clothes I don't like it but you might love that clothes but when you're starting to ingest stuff physically food and say it's good for you and say it's good for you with no benefit then you're going to run into a little bit of a problem yeah you know I follow some people online some influencers like Paula Lima for example who I think is the funniest person on social media like the best page to follow he does ads for like Google Echo or, you know, like these sort of brands and clothing brands and he does this and it's like, fine, that's how he makes a living, like good on you, but he doesn't sell any shit. Yeah. That's where I start to get a little bit, a little bit hurt. But again, I think even just having this conversation, obviously you are so much more intelligent about it. I just always revert back to health and fitness influencers. Well, that's where I think the most danger can come because, um, like, let's talk about G- Belle Gibson now. Um, she is... Is, it, is, she, is he related, she related to Mel Gibson? Uh, she'd ho- he'd hope not. <laughs> so I don't know. He's pretty fucking she's lazy this, as well. She's um, yeah. this influencer who got huge acclaim. She worked with Apple on um, an app development. She worked with Penguin Books, published her book um, that was called The Whole Pantry. And she said that she healed her brain cancer through, like, eating clean and eating well. And then it turned out <laughs> turned out she never had cancer. Fuck. She's been disgraced. Uh, people like But she should be in prison. Fined. She should be disgraced. She'll be in prison. So she's been fined, but she's been fined for misrepresenting that she donated money to charity rather than any of the other stuff. But people have 
believed her and bought her into her ways. We saw with the Alzheimer's. People have war, died because of people have died for these things. So they will cure cancers. So that's the way they go. So they don't go for modern medicine. They just go for this um, alternative route. Yeah, yeah. They're like, dying. But if that happens, even if one person dies and it's your thing, you be held accountable. Have to be held accountable because, like, that. you think about it. You, you know, everyone knows. Everyone knows that chemotherapy is used for cancer treatment and people know it, it sucks. Like the side effects of that are pretty extreme. And then if you, if you know someone or someone you trust is going, hey, eat this food, it fucking saved me. Mm. You're going to be like chemo or yeah. eat food or eat and cook a different way. It's like, fuck, I'm going to try that. And it can be that six months a year where you're doing something else you're going to get worse. And that could be the difference between you like literally living and dying. Yeah. That if a, yeah, a million people say a stupid thing, it's still stupid. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many people are fucking talking about it. It's still stupid. It doesn't matter how many people believe in it. It can be still be stupid. Um, yeah, there's some, let's talk about a couple more influences when we're on here, just to take Kim, it up a notch. Kimmy K. The stinkers, which go through. So the Kardashians get a lot of, um, criticism like Scott Disick was selling a booty product and he copy pasted the caption that mm. the marketeer had sent. And it was like, hi, Scott, please post this at 6 p.m. Um, and then the caption and he'd posted, hi, Scott, please post this. At 6. So yeah. the, these people like they're making millions, you expect a bit. Um, but this was an interesting one because um, Kim Kardashian promoted this uh, morning sickness drug on her Instagram and said, like, I love this morning sickness drug. It helps me with my nausea while I'm pregnant, yada, yada. And then the um, FDA intervened and said, actually, you didn't disclose all the possible side effects of taking this drug. You need to take that post down and put it up again. So that kind of goes to show the immaturity that some of these influencers have or the misunderstanding of the industry that they're engaging with. Yeah. It didn't have a huge negative impact, but it's been a big talking point in academic circles about like influencers, should they be blamed for it or was it, should the brand have briefed her that that Both. was the rules? Both. You still have to be held accountable for whatever you're posting. And she's saying use it. And so yeah. she should well, have to it. post the side effects because she's telling people and then they go, oh, well, it's a medication. You can't take that lightly. Yeah, and the Kardashians have so much say over this world now. Like, it is yeah. absolutely bonkers. Like, people live on their every word. Like, look at their followings. They are absolutely massive, and they were bought up through this rise of social media. They own social media. It's like the thing with Khloe Kardashian about a couple of months ago with that Photoshop photo. Her yeah, mum, yeah, yeah. she obviously Photoshopped the photo of her in a bikini, but then her mum posted the normal photo by accident because it was a loving mum though she didn't think the daughter looked bad but then obviously there was this uproar and people she was like wanted it taken down off the internet because she didn't look a certain way and I'm like I get you're insecure but part of this reason most people are insecure is your fucking fault in the first place your whole family has designed this thing off just not being real yeah you photoshop every single one of your photos every single one of them your whole family photoshop every single one of these photos now you're insecure because a real life picture has gone out on you do you know what I mean? But you're selling this. You're selling this way. Nah, fuck you. They also, um, yeah, they, they sell products that I just have no faith in. I don't trust them in a health space because they put like Booty is one of the biggest Instagram advertisers. What is it? Booty? And they they did like a slimming tea, and now they do proteins and other kind of supplementary products. 
And I'm just like, mm, I don't trust the Kardashians, partly because of this Photoshop stuff. It's like you're not necessarily even the, like a picture of health. Yeah. So, But these be, the, they're not dumb either. These are really intelligent business women. Oh, they're very, cle- they're yeah. very clever in a business perspective. But from a health perspective, I'm not taking my, adv- my advice from them. No, no. Well, no, definitely not. We've got people like Ashley Bynes from Australia. I think at one point I heard her say that lettuce is, don't eat lettuce because it's too sugary. You know, that's just pure How? What? F- for quittery. They're just mental. You've got the medical medium that this guy's got millions of followers. He actually works with the Kardashians. So this will say enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy looks in, he speaks to spirits, past and present, okay, and to the future to find out about future medicine. So he's speaking to a fucking ghost on his shoulder when this ghost is telling him about future medicines and how we should go this alternative route. And then he speaks to the medical medium and the medical medical medium sells this in books and people go, whoa, this guy knows what he's talking about. I've seen him hover his hands over one of the Kardashians, hovers his hands and starts telling them what they're lacking in their body. Oh, you've got not enough iron. You've got, excuse me, what are you? Like an x-ray machine. Like what are you doing? But people believe this. So who is who is in the wrong here? I think he's a fucking genius. He's sitting at home <laughs> going, I am so rich. These people are so dumb. I <laughs> hope he bought into the celery market because it seems oh, I, like- I think he was there. He's he sell like yeah. his juices, the celery juices are huge and organic blueberries. So I'm assuming that he's got okay. shares and in some have of his friends. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, I'm just speaking to my ghost on it. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Idiot. Like this that's the most bonk that is the most bonkers. That is the most bonkers thing <laughs> in the world. I wish I thought of it. And there was obviously the one a few years ago. So three big names, uh, Instagram influencers. So we've got Lauren Goodger, Mike Cassini and Zara Holland. Um, so they were caught auditioning to promote a poisonous cyanide drink a few years ago. This was wild. So there's reality TV stars and they were secretly filmed asking to promote a fake diet in the BBC um, for a series. Um, so it was a set up. It was, it was a, a contrived a audition. Setup, yeah. And they were auditioning for the ad campaign yeah. and it was a drink so that had get, cyanide as an ingredient and they didn't check that that yeah. was... They were going to get $10,000, I think. So yeah, a drink made up of cyanide called Kenora. So, and if we're looking at cyanide, you know, that's a toxic toxic substance that they used during World War II was to kill, K- kill themselves. Yeah, kill themselves in the gas chambers. No, yeah. it was like a... The tablets, right? Tablets, if you get caught, yeah. you take the cyanide. That's what Nazis all the movies have like tell a fake, you. a fake tooth that they'd... Flick out Chew and bite and on immediately and dead. If yeah, action movies or anything to, to base your by. science on the toxic substances, <laughs> toxic substance cyanide was used during the Second World War by Nazi Germany in gas chambers. They must have put it in tablets. <laughs> <laughs> I've just read it. You've been what you see. I've seen Captain America. Yeah, I was going to say that's what I was going to say. You're going off bloody Captain America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not. And um, but at the same time, obviously there is a lot of positive influences. Like I personally enjoy social media. I really do. I think people just have to know where and how to have this balance. But they also limited. just unfucking follow someone if they bother you or make you feel shit about yourself. That is or the don't best thing them. I've done on my like Facebook and Instagram feed is just like full fucking clear it, clean out. The only thing I have on Facebook that comes up now is anything we post from the gym and rugby pages. That's it. On Instagram. I've got like the like strength and conditioning people I follow, gyms, obviously my friends, but I've flicked a lot of them. Um, yeah, and the nutrition nutrition people. So my feed is 
You can learn. Solid. I can learn from my feed. If I'm going on Instagram and I massively limit what I do, it's it's I'm using it as a place of like yeah, like education. Yeah. Then that, that again, each each to their own. But I know like a lot of the kids up I own are their Instagram feed is just full of like half naked birds. I mean, fair play. <laughs> like I can pre- I can appreciate that. Mm. And that's a good motivational tool. I think there's um great- for what. For for people for who the, are, for the teenage boys, for the teenage for, boys, yeah. but for inspiration and things, and it, it's like, oh, I want to try different sports or connect with different people. Um, mm. Like for example, Lily, who we interviewed about the kidney cancer, I learned about her and followed her on social media. And as someone with kidney issues, I want to know there's other people like me out there. Mm. And so there is important connections that are facilitated through social media. So it is powerful in that way of that storytelling and providing good quality information. If it is qualified health practitioners, that's a great thing to be able to connect with audiences and audiences can ask questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will get sent plenty of messages or people will share people's stories with me and say, hey, what do you think about this? So it's quite good that people rely on you to say this, but at the same time, I don't want to spend my day ciphering through people's shitty information to tell them if it's right or or wrong, or if there's if it's good, or if the nuance to it, like it's, it's it's too easy. Like I have social media, you know, don't overly post, um, but you know, you get a little bit. I personally, with when I'm posting on social media, sometimes you get a little bit worried that you're saying the right thing. You have to go into it a little bit deeper. Like I said, my course, my nutrition qualification, I can get if I post things that aren't evidence based, I can be completely booted for my course to have my qualification insurances, everything taken off me. Do you know what I mean? That, but that allows me to post at a much higher standard about nutrition. Do you know mm. what I mean? That gives you some like, fuck, right? Now I need to think. But there isn't that. If you had that everywhere, things would be a lot easier. Yeah, because I think I could just start posting recipes and say that I'm a, like an influencer in the nutrition space. I've got no qualifications, no real ground but I could just start posting photos of food and then who's going to stop me? But that's okay. But again, that's if it's like if you're posting recipes and things like that. Say, and eat this, then don't eat that. That's mm-hmm. fi- yeah, that, and that's <laughs> fine. But yeah, when you start going into there's that sort of realm, then it gets a little bit a little bit dangerous. Just because it's this worked for me, yeah. doesn't mean it can work for everybody else. I think a key thing um, for people being on social media is read people's bios because their qualifications or experience are usually in their bios. So if you want to know more, delve deeper, and you want to listen to this person, read their bio and check their quals. Yeah, and if they have their um, diet title in their bio, then run a mile. Or their fucking Sean Keto, Keto, Carol. Oh, and paleo as well. They've usually got a little bit of a bias towards anything, and you just can't argue with idiots at the end of the day. Yeah. That's the the simple thing. Um, So what are your biggest takeaways, Kate? I think that's one is, yeah, question everything and make sure that you, if you are going to use social media as a source of information or inspiration, that you do check check your sources. Because this is only going to get bigger. Yeah. And there are regulations rolling out, but they're Behind. slow. And there's there's a billion people on this platform you cannot expect Instagram to vet everyone and every bio and every post and it just doesn't work like that. They get reported. COVID has brought it to the forefront, the difficulty of misinformation and 
brands are just these platforms are scrambling to yeah. like contain it. So yeah. key takeaway would be yeah, check your sources. But then you just go into confirmation bias. That's the worst. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's probably that people need to learn to think critically, and that's and that's hard for some people because. Especially you know, with like, the information overload, it is daunting if you, you don't, know. don't work in the space. If you don't space. know, you don't know. And if you find people who share the similar idea to you, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and you can <laughs> create a whole group now. I think it's like, isn't it like the Flat Earth Society's like gone up like a thousand percent in like the last 10 years? Yeah, there's that professional NBA player who, name escapes me, but he was like fully in it. He, he, he was like, I can't believe no one else is seeing this. Like the earth is flat. And he went on and on and on about it. And then he's like, come out and gone, apologize. Like, Hey, I just got caught in like this YouTube sort of vortex. And all I got fed was stuff around flat earth. So I thought, I thought I was right, but I'm, I'm wrong. So this is another academic theory. I won't go into it too deep. Um, It's called a filter bubble. And so you, because the algorithms feed you content Mm. that you engage with, they feed you content you engage with. So they feed you stuff you already have engaged with. So it's confirmation bias in that if you look up a flat earth theory, Google will go, this person's interested in flat earth things. So whenever yeah. you search like long roads, then flat earth stuff will come up because the algorithms are designed and personalized yeah. in that confirmation bias. That was on that social dilemma. That social dilemma on Netflix. How that kid got sort of radicalized or not radicalized, right? Whatever, he, he ended up going to like a white supremacy march kind of thing and it just sort of showed how from like watching one video, Facebook or Instagram, the algorithm threw him a couple more that might like be of a similar topic and he just got fed into this like this loop until like his decisions, his thoughts are so determined by what he's, the information he's receiving. It was like the only sort of outcome he could get towards. Yeah. So I think, yeah, have some credible sources that you routinely engage with or absorb would be another good way to not dispel that because it's always going to happen to everyone in some way, but having trusted sources like Rebuild Health and Fitness. But even then, I think people need to question what the fuck we're doing. Like you need to ask why are they posting this? You need to ask like, you need to think, you know, I think part of thinking critically is like, why Why would they say this? Like, why are they selling this? What is the agenda behind this person? Is he trying to sell a book? Well, then, yes, he is more likely to want to push forward his ideas so people buy it and he's going to be less likely to share other ideas because that will take away from his book sales, his income, his livelihood. Like, I think that's a good place to start, correct me if I'm wrong, just like question shit. Yeah, question it. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yes, you need to... Yeah, critical thinking is – it's such an important tool to have. Like, it's it's massive. It, it's not If I could tools. teach anyone anything, it would be the ability to think yeah. critically and not take everything just on face value. No. I was going to say something, but I forgot. I think that's how you learn to respect people too because me being in the gym and I'm always asking you guys questions because I'm not – trained in nutrition and um, fitness. So I'm creating the content, but then I'm feeding it to you and you're going, yes, no, fix it. And I'm asking, I'm going, why? And I get these answers that are comprehensive and make me understand why things need to be the way they are. And so it is that 
added layer of information that you're giving that clarifies things for me and that makes me trust you guys. My knowledge is expanded and it just makes the content better quality. Yeah, I think you're... You know, everyone has to be results driven, but this becomes a little bit of a problem as well. Like something of our size, you know, when we put our results, it's good because we've got a pretty small base. But if you're, say if you've got a million followers and you have a product Mm -hmm. and you sell it to a couple of hundred thousand, you're going to get them one percenters that are going to look amazing afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Then people are going to take them skinny tees and they're going to look fantastic. So out of 200,000 people, for example, you could have a hundred people that make just breathtaking results. Yeah all you do then is market them for the next hundred days. These are the results that we do. They don't leave the trail of shit behind. Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem when you're looking at progress photos, progress, things like progress photos from mass followings. Yeah. Yeah. You you only get a small snapshot, but you think it's the majority just the way they position it. It's like the bloke who, you know, did the potato diet. All he ate was fucking potatoes. And he was like, I eat carbs and I lost all this weight eating nothing but potatoes. Yeah. I guarantee you thousands and thousands of people tried to eat nothing but potatoes after that because it was shared everywhere. Massive following, like... There'd have been some time on the toilet. Yeah. There'd have been some time on the toilet. That's why I'm not... I'm personally not a fan of the before and after photos. I have them from all my clients, especially my nutrition, but I don't post them. Oh, but you can doctor them so easily. You just wear tighter underpants. It makes you look fatter. And you tilt your hips away. It makes you look longer and skinnier and lighting and so many things. Yeah, that's why, like, you know, obviously get testimonials from people, but just obviously have, just to have consistent business and growth should show that you're doing, you know, pretty well and being able to, you know, we're 53, 54 episodes in talking. A lot of it is about education. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. these things like longer form platforms, you know, if you follow someone on social media and they're pretty big, a lot of the time they will have a podcast or they will have a lot of information. They'll have a YouTube, they'll have longer form content rather than just short form content. Cause I believe longer form content, you're always going to get so much more from it. Yeah. Well, probably if we're close to wrapping up, maybe a fun way to end it is have you ever been influenced on Instagram or anything to buy something? You have. Yeah, yeah, no, you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what on? Manscaped. Like grooming. Yeah, it was like um, it was meant to be this like um, like people a ma- love that. Ma- male group. No, but because you only see the comments that they allow you to see, because mm. it's fucking shit. It was meant to be like anti Nick technology. Because ball bug off. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, no, it's still, I've got no balls. Got <laughs> <laughs> like two dangly testes now, and no sack to protect. <laughs> Just straight off. Oh, <laughs> but no. it's like, you're like, fuck, I want my money back. Yeah. I and like they gave my money back straight. took it as gospel and you were like, okay, I'll buy this. Auntie Nick, I'll be fine. Let me well, get they, a sharp edge near my ball but, sack because Instagram told me. But it's me. not, it, it's not meant to be like, it's, what is it? Ceramic or something like that. But the, like the people that, you know, they sponsor some of our, our friends and they got it and they were going on about it, but obviously they were getting fucking paid for it you know they get their commission code so if you ever yeah majority of the time on instagram if someone's like use code sean you get 10 percent off it's commission code oh like, yeah that's a way of tracking success on a campaign yeah you? but that's that's how it got me <laughs> yeah. so it was a trusted source who's usually my muscle my muscle yeah yeah pretty good and then i got product I mean, I you've, you've done a bit from them because you trust them obviously you've got activated nutrients like yeah, that's been right. really yeah. good yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean mpe yeah, you're welcome. 
Um, but, but I think yeah, this yeah, is definitely. another problem though with them 10% codes because you're having people with no followers because um, I can literally go onto pretty much any protein shop now and get my own code and put it in my bio and t- say 10% off at this company. But I can just apply for that. Yeah, because that's... But now that's the start of the reign of an influencer. You're getting people with like... So micro-influencers actually have a better ROI than macro. So mm. micro is sub 50,000. But then we go nano is sub 5,000 followers. So mm. if you're a nano influencer, you have a far, far smaller audience. But usually it's more engaged because the bigger yeah. you get, the smaller the engagement and yeah. ROI is. So a lot of brands... Um, You've probably even got this yourself if you have been posting on certain hashtags. You get these brands slide into your DMs and go, hey, we're an activewear brand. We'll send you a free kit if you just tag us in your posts. And so that to them has been more successful. And I get it. I've got four and a half thousand followers and I get these people say, I'll I'll send you you products. Just take a photo in it and tag us. And it's like, who am I? I don't know. I don't even. But I think that's because you're like – ethics too oh i'd love a free pair of leggings don't get me wrong but, but, I think that, I'll, I'll do but again for free stuff. but again at the same time i think i think that's fine i really think it comes down to what you're selling that's the simple thing what you are selling have you ever been hustled i would say i've I've only ever bought one thing off instagram and that was just that five minute journal like my journal diary what about where'd you get those um and i'd say i was in the, the airports no that was off wish no, oh, okay. Yeah, that was an influence. I was like, because I lost my AirPods. I was like, I need to buy some AirPods. So I went on Wish and bought these AirPods and they came. Oh, no. They wouldn't even fit in my ears. They were that big. And one, and, one, and one didn't work. So I was like, it's just a safety mechanism for crossing the road. But nah, other than that, I don't think so. That was annoying because I thought it was in Australian dollars, but it wasn't. It was in US, so it cost yeah. me double the amount. <laughs> but oh. other than that, maybe like Lord of the Wings, you know, like with food trucks. If there's like food truck and win, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. like, ooh, where are you? I'm coming. (laughs) You've been influenced. So I've bought influencer products, but they were because I tried them from word of mouth. And there was a study that found 78% of people would trust uh, word of mouth over influencers. And I tried a Sarah's Day um, skin cream that my friend had and I loved it. So I bought it and I'd never even heard of Sarah's Day. She's an Aussie health and wellness blogger. Um, never heard because it was just when I just got back from Dubai. Uh, but yeah, I quite like her stuff and I follow her now. So it works the other way for me. Yeah. And I would buy stuff. Like I buy a lot of people's, say, books, for example, if I like yeah. them on social media and they bring out a book. I've never yeah. seen someone, I think, because I work in the industry, I think about it more from a work perspective and a campaign. You go, oh, that's an interesting campaign. Yeah. I've never gone. Or they have recommended that, therefore yeah. I will buy it. But you yeah. are right in saying I would I would buy say if any like a couple of mates like Lucky Batch that started a t shirt line, I went and bought straight from him mm. to sort of help him out. He's smaller. I'd happily do that forever. You know, like buy off smaller or help people out or help small businesses if you think they're doing the right thing. I bought more of podcasts than I have other things. So like like Ant Middleton listened to him on a podcast, really liked what he was doing, so I bought his books. Ryan Holiday bought his books. Um. Yeah, and I suppose like my blue light blocking glasses that was off a podcast ages Sean's ago. Like coming to the realization that he's like, oh my <laughs> god, my whole life. I, mean, I hate, I hate Instagram, I hate influencers, but I've been well, influenced bought, so hard. I bought blue light blockers based on your recommendation, so you've influenced me. Yeah, you bought them off mine. Yeah, that's it. So influence I influence <laughs> everyone. But again, we everyone. Yeah, 
We all have influence. There's always people looking. Right, that's gone a little bit longer than expected. But again, good. I think good um, topic conversation, especially for, I always get the worry now, like I have yearly young nieces coming through and they're starting to jump on social media and starting to post and a lot of it is like filtered and, I'm going to pimp Leo out and make him a YouTube star of him like unrealistic playing toys and shit. But at the same time, you got people, you can make, you can make mad Millions. coin. Like look at OnlyFans now. Like people They're just- trying to shift away from their primary market. Selling nudes. Yeah, they're trying to shift away from But people now. like, look, going like in. some women, but probably men as well, but women, like are making millions on there. Millions. Fucking credit to you. Like- Credit to OnlyFans for creating that monetization platform because Instagram, so YouTube is the one that works with creators and empowers them to monetize. Instagram doesn't do that. They've implemented mid-roll ads into the videos. Facebook owns Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook doesn't make it as easy to be an influencer that doesn't advocate for brands because if you have YouTube, the ads at the start of the channel, the creator gets a portion of that. Whereas in Instagram you have to say, buy this product to make yep. more money. And so OnlyFans paying that membership, they get a portion of that so they don't have to push products because they're getting the revenue from the membership rather than from advocating, which is kind of more ethical. Yeah. Go for it. We could do a rebuild OnlyFans. Don't think we'd make much money. Well, something. <laughs> <laughs> Any money's better than no money, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for sharing that really uh, yeah, interesting topic. But again, as always, like, subscribe. We're looking forward to season two and we'll see you next week.